Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. Oh, good morning. Uh, you have a special guest today named Mark Warren. I'm glad to be here with you. So I, I just kind of feel, I, man, I loved worship this morning. It was very intimate, very soft. It was just kind of very, uh, just kind of heartfelt. But uh, so thank you so much, Beth, for leading us into God's presence this morning. But I, I do feel this, that I know it's raining. I know it's fall. You guys might be feeling a little somber. I feel like I would just got to pump you up a little bit, though. So can you all just rise to your feet for a se- second? Now, do you realize we're in church? And so we can actually be noisy in church. It's okay. And I want... I, I didn't say go. So this word, hallelujah, is I want you to yell hallelujah. And I'm going to say hallelujah really represent, means glory to God. And I want God to get the glory this morning. So on the count of three, can you just say a big, as loud as you can say it, hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Okay, one more time. And now when we say hallelujah, then I want you to jump up and down three times afterwards. All right. One, two, three. Hallelujah. All right. You can sit down. All right. So I am so glad that you decided to come to church today. We are starting... Uh, a new series called Better Together. And uh, this is such an important series. If we miss this one idea of how to live in Christian community, we miss what the gospel is all about. You see, Jesus came to earth, yes, to save us from our sins so we can have a relationship with our Father in heaven. But the only way that we can accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish in life is by being in community. You cannot be a solo Christian and succeed. You have to be in relationship one with another. I had a, I had a lot of fun. I just got back from Africa for a quick trip. I was able to take my, my oldest son, uh, Ethan, with me. He's uh, 15 years old. And uh, part of the trip was like, man, if we went this, he had to sit in a lot of my meetings. I got the opportunity to share at our Foursquare National Conference in Rwanda, Africa, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun, as well as I uh, got to meet with our team that we were doing an HIV-AIDS research project through a nonprofit that uh, I'm affiliated with, and, and so I met the research team. But I, I purposely put Ethan in all of those meetings. He sat right down. He was at a meeting with the, the bishop of, of Nigeria and the bishop of Ivory Coast, and we were sitting, and the bishop of Rwanda and Uganda, and we were sitting together at a table having dinner, and I wanted him to hear the conversations about what people talk about from other parts of the world. We sat down with a research team, and, and, and I included him. But, but part of that trip was, I said, okay, if you're going this far, I'll at least give you an opportunity to see some wild animals. Anybody like African wild animals? And so we went out on to, into the plains, and we, we got a driver to take us there, and, and it was very rare to see lions because the lions were poisoned by all the surrounding farmers because they were eating their cattle. But finally, they, they got this area kind of fenced in to keep the cattle away and keep the wild animals over where the wild animals are. And, and so they've repopulated it with some lions. And 
Those are big cats, by the way. It's not one you just want to curl up with. But anyways, for some reason, the Africans are still pretty afraid of, of them. And so we're taking this car and we spot one. And we say, stop. And meanwhile, Ethan's going out of the back of the window, his head out and trying to take a picture. And the guy's putting his windows up. And Ethan's like, getting squished. The guy was afraid. He thought the cat was going to come jump and eat us or something. But he didn't. The cats were just like laying under the tree, enjoying the nice day. Well, it was a lot of fun. But one thing about being away, you realize the family that, that you've left behind. I came back to my own family and I was like, Oh my word, I love you guys more than I ever have before. I go back to our staff. I say, staff, I love you. I actually, Robbie, who was working uh, in the office, Robbie's our, um, what do we call you? Media director, Robbie? Yeah. Media director. By the way, do you see that little Better Together video? They took that this week and edited it. Those feet are people from our staff there. It is, they are so creative in, in the work that they did. And I love the little chalk artwork. But I went into Robbie's office and I said, Robbie, so good to see you. And I gave him a hug. He goes, what was that for? <laughs> he goes, you know, I'm not really a hugger. I said, I'm not either, but I'm just so happy to see you. See, this idea of community, of, of being together, and then I get to see you guys, and I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, and I love you guys. Oh, I guess you don't love me. <laughs> it's okay. All right. It's okay. But anyways community. I, you know, there's one thing that I do like Facebook for. It's, it's when you get a chance to, to kind of post what's going on in your life, especially being over, overseas. It's really easy. Instead of trying to send out an email to everybody, just post some things on Facebook. And then maybe some of you are following what we're doing. And I, I like Facebook for that, but, but I think Facebook has, has a problem. I, I kind of call it fake book. Because the reality is everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, some people post their preferred life on Facebook. You know, you know what I mean? It's, it's what you want everybody to know about you, but it's not reality. And the reason why I, don't, I know it's not reality is because, well, maybe I don't know this. But the problem with Facebook is this. It creates a false sense of community. Our social networks create this false sense of community. When's the last time you had somebody post, man, I'm really down today and I'm struggling, that you picked up the phone and you called that person and say, hey, what's going on, man? Are you okay? Think about that. When's the last time you did that? Or even better yet, you got in your car and you found them and you drove. It's like, man, I noticed you post something on Facebook. You seem bummed today. What's going on? Let's, let's go have some coffee. You see this... We just have all this information out there, but we never get to integrate, or it's hard to integrate in our society into relationship with each other. And the Bible tells us we need to be connected to each other. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of living in Christian community. I'm just going to put a little comma here, and I also want to just tell you about an experience I had when I was in Africa. I know sometimes when you go to another culture in another country that it seems like the, the Spirit of God works differently. You've been on a missions trip, you get so jazzed up. I've been on enough places around the world that I don't get so jazzed up by just going. Actually, the reason why I brought my son this trip is because, man, it's like, if I have to go, I'm going to make the best of it and I'll bring somebody with me. Next time I go on a trip, I'll ask one of you to come with me. But 
I've done this trip so many times that the travel gets on you. But one thing by being in Africa this time, I tasted something that I haven't tasted in a while. I'll tell you what it is. It wasn't just good avocados or pineapples, which they're good. But I tasted the presence of God. I'll tell you what I remember back in my early 20s, having that same experience with the Holy Spirit. And I have to say that just in case you don't understand, we are a spirit-filled church. And, and we so want the Holy Spirit to move. Now, we know two or three are gathered. He is here. We understand that. His presence is here. But there are these moments in time when we contend for his presence. Somebody asked me, well, why did you wear a tie today? I'm usually pretty casual, jeans and untucked shirt. Honestly, I woke up this morning, and, and because of my experience with God, I was like, God, I just, I just want to honor you a little bit this morning. Okay, for the, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to honor my Lord this morning, and that doesn't, I said that in my meeting this morning, so for all of you who wore untucked shirts and blue jeans, you're feeling, oh man, I'm feeling bad. <laughs> this is for me. It's not on you. This is what God put on my heart. That I wanted to take some time this morning and just honor the Lord. We're coming into his presence and expectation that he's going to be here and his spirit is going to do something incredible. So my time in Africa, I just experienced his presence in such a rich and full way. It's like I got spoiled for everything else, for anything else except his presence. I just so desperately want his presence. When you come to church on Sundays, I so want you to come with anticipation to meet with God because his presence is here. All right. So I had my God moment. Well, I have God moments all the time, but I was like, oh, you know those times where it's like, this is so sweet. And I want to contend for this. I'm not satisfied with just doing church. I'm not satisfied with just doing church. I want to be the church, and I want to live the way that God intended us to live, and I want to do the things that God wants us to do, and the thing that God wants us to do is to live in Christian community. Now, I'm not talking about getting a little commune put together and all of you guys live off the land. I'm just saying we need each other in each other's lives. You see, the way the world does community, we can't do community like that. We got to do community differently. See, the world likes to hang out around with people that they just are like or they like. But Christian community is different. We get them all. We get the mixed bag. We don't pick and choose. We say we're family. We're family. We're in this together. Ephesians, well, actually, let's turn to 1 John. 1 John, if you have your Bibles, you can take to go to the very end of the book. And then you want to flip back a little bit, first and second, third John, Jude and Revelation. For those of you who, yeah, those of you who went through our, uh, what do we call that? OSL, Operation Solid Lives. We had a little song to memorize the uh, books of the Bible. So John chapter 4, 19 through 21. It says this, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and he hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has 
seen cannot love God who is not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever, God, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This idea of brotherly love, Philadelphia, brotherly love. So let me tell you right now that this word brother does not actually mean your physical brother. He's actually talking about our spiritual family, which is we have brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers in a spiritual family. And he says, if we can't learn how to live this way of love, one for another in community, we can't say that we love God. We can't say we love God if we're not willing to go to the nth degree for our brother or sister or mother and father in the Lord. Okay, well, how do you know he's really talking about, you know, a brother, not a physical brother? Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That's part of the song too, by the way. So that's the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people, he being Jesus, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Now, he's not saying his physical mother and brothers are not there. They're wanting him. And he's saying, wait a second. Here are my mothers. Here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Turn to the person next to you that's not related to you. And say, you're my brother or my sister. And if you're a young person, you see somebody older to you, say, you're my mother or father. With all great respect, of course. Wait a second. Some of you are getting in trouble right there. Some of you just called mothers. They weren't expecting that. Christian family. You know, we all have people that we love to be around. They energize us. It's like every moment you can take, you love to be around them, but you know you have those that drain you. What, do, do they need to be my brother and sister in the Lord too? Yes. Yes. You see, living this Christian community is you not pick and choose who it is that you get to hang out with. You're a family. We all have those internatural families too, though, don't we? Though Those ones that was like, man, I, I wish they would have gotten adopted out of the family. <laughs> no, we don't say that. But sometimes you feel like that. But you know what? This is why we need to take this scripture to heart. Ephesians chapter 4. It's really great to bring your Bibles. You can flip through this. You, you can get, keep active while we're going through here. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Then you get to underline them and go through them the week later, during the week later. It's a lot of fun. Okay, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3.
Maybe that's not the right verse. Ephesians 4. Because what says right here, I'm going to read it from here. I don't know if this is, oh, because I'm on Galatians. That's why it doesn't look right. I was like, man, he's talking about slaves and blood and piercing. I was like, that does not, well, maybe it sounds like a family encounter sometimes. All right, Ephesians, we're coming here. Here we are, Ephesians 4. Oh, that's better. All right. There, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. He's telling us how do we walk out our life. Of which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bear with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as we were called to the one hope that belongs to our call, one Lord. This idea that we need to bear with one another. Now, this is not grin and bear with one another. Oh, I've got to bear with them. No, it, that bearing means actually we carry the load of somebody else's life. We're willing to carry, go along with them and carry their loads of life. We're together. But we do need to do it with patient endurance. And endurance means you're going to have to work at it a little bit. It doesn't come so naturally and so easy, does it? Difficult people are difficult people. But I'll tell you what. Let me, let me tell you this, this one little quote about unlovely people. It's up here on the screen. Unlovely people are unlove, unlovely for a reason. It's not because they're unlovable but because they're unloved. Ooh. I, I've encountered some really difficult people in my life. But you know, my strategy has always been, how can I love them even more? How can I embrace them even more? Why? Because they need to be loved. Most likely, they've been hurt in past relationships. Most likely, they have some brokenness or they have some hang-ups. And so my job, they're expected to be rejected. Their expectation is they know they're difficult. No, people are, have an awareness of their own personality. They know they're difficult. But I'll tell you what, they expect you to, be, to reject them. But when you actually act in Christian love because they're our brother and sister... Oh, all of a sudden the walls start coming down. Bear with one another. Holding the weight of somebody else's life. And then he talks about unity and peace. Do you realize that the scripture tells us that there's a blessing that God wants on us? How many people want to be blessed? Some of you guys, I'm sorry for you, man. You don't want to be blessed. How many people want the Lord to bless you? I do. Yeah, there we go. Yes, we want the Lord's blessing. In Psalm 133, it talks about, actually, it's a commanded blessing. Psalm 133 talks about that when we dwell together in unity, it goes on to say he commands a blessing for those who do. I, I want to encourage us, church, 
I know there's a lot going. I know we're talking about, hey, you know, where are we going to be in the future? What building are we going to be in? And, and we're going to be starting life groups again. We're doing a little bit different format. And people are going to be asking you to join a group. And, you know, it's really easy to kind of like get, mm, I, I don't know about this. I, I'm not feeling really comfortable about this. You know, and all of a sudden you start getting a little bit grumbly. And all of a sudden, wait a second. Is there... Is, is our conversations creating unity or disunity? And he's saying, hey, you know what? I want there to be unity. And by the way, when there's unity, he commands a blessing on us. We want to be unified? The answer is yes. Do we want to be unified? Sorry, it wasn't a question. It was my fault. I made a statement and I was expecting a response from a statement. You see, as we begin to live this way of Christian community, we begin to see that God does something in our life as we live out this life with somebody else. That we bear each other's burdens, that we love one another and we care for one another. I want to tell you why we're, we're talking about this Better Together series. It is not a strategy to get you into life group, but it is a biblical teaching to talk about the importance of community, Christian community. And we, when we start everything on the foundation of we do this because the Bible says this is healthy and good for us to do, we will listen to that. We're going to be starting up life groups in the next three weeks. The first week in October, we're launching our new series called Awakening, and it's, oh, the first, the first message of this one, I'm just going to give you a little taste, but God's presence changes us is the very first message of that. The second message of that, I'm not going to give you it all, but I'm just so excited on this side about this, it's the Holy Spirit empowers us. These are the things that are going to make us, us, but we're going to be starting to flush this out together. These are going to be important topics that we need to be in each other's lives to talk about together. We need to be in life group together. What we're going to be asking is that every single adult is connected to a life group this season for seven weeks. All we're asking for is a seven-week commitment to say, yes, we're going to try out this thing called Life Group. We're going to try out being in community together. We're going to try out what this means to be connected. Now, I know some of you said, well, I've tried this before, and eh, been there, done that. Well, have you been here and done this? See, it's a new time and it's a new season. I, I think it's not just running through a, oh, there's a Life Group outline, and we go through this, and Maybe we'll crack open the Bible, and I tell you what, you will not want to miss what God is going to do through this series called Awakening, through our small groups. You will not be able to journey with us to the complete level that God wants to unfold to us by just coming to church on Sunday. Be praying about your part. God, what is my part in this? Do I, can I just attend, or you know what? I have a home. I can open up my home for a group. Hey, you know what? I, I can lead. I, I can facilitate a group. I, I can do that. Pray. God, what is my part? If you are saying that we need to love one another, that truly this is my family, these are my brothers and sisters, how do we do family together? Because, by the way, we can't do 
And this is like a family reunion, is what this is, but we can't do family together. We've got to break it down into small groups to pray for one another, to know what each other's needs are, to dig into God's word together and to explore what God is saying to us. We need to break down these small groups, these life groups. Today, you might have noticed there's a white tent as you walked into the foyer. It's like, we having a picnic inside today? Well, what we're going to be asking you is, if God has put on your heart to say, I can either lead or I can open up my home for seven weeks, I want you to go see Audra at the life group table at the end. That's what it is. There's a table underneath that white tent. Go to the tent, and she'll get your contact information. Even if you're unsure, put your name down, and Audra will deal. We'll connect with you and, and, and find out what's going to work or not work. But if you can say, you know what? I can open up my home. I can be hospitable. I can lead a group, no problem. Go to that, um, that tent after service and, and give your name. Because here's the deal. One thing you need to be understood completely is that everyone is loved, everyone is accepted, and everyone is forgiven. We all have a past, we all have a story, we're all a work in progress. Everyone is loved. We don't judge anyone. Everyone is accepted. You're part of the family. And everyone's forgiven. Not only forgiven from the stuff of our past, but by the way, when we get together as family, sometimes, hey, we bump into each other. I'm sorry. Oh, you're forgiven, man. We're family. We're family. Are you going to play me a nice little something? Can you give me a few riffs on your guitar to close this off, to set the mood? Can you do that for me? I don't need it, but it's always nice if, uh, if you can do it. I didn't even know you could play the acoustic guitar. I've only seen you play bass. Good job. Isn't he awesome? I like this guy. God is good. I really, really, really want us to catch the spirit behind this. You will miss out on what God is trying to do in your life and the life of others. If you don't, well, if you're not as willing to come into community with others, you say, well, I got my other friends. I've got my, my crew that I hang out with. Chances are, those are the people you like hanging out with. But there's something that happens when God puts together a crew together. A mixed bag. Where we begin to love on one another and care for each other. That's powerful. The Spirit of God comes in the middle of that. and It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You see, we really are better together. The world will tell us that we are connected. We've got our social networks. We're connected. But are you really connected at a level that God designed us to be? You see, God's designed us a certain way where people can hug us and 
be there for us and get into the depths of who we are. Our spouse can't just do that. If you're single, you're Your friends can't just do that. We need mothers in our life. We need fathers in our life. And we need brothers and sisters in our life that make up this family, this community, this Christian community where God will do the miraculous. Can you do me a favor? Can you stand to your feet? And can you guys just link hand, hold hands, get across the aisles. I know some of you are going like, oh no, he's making me do it. He's doing it. Come on, get all in here. No, Ethan, you got to get over here. This got, we got a lock here. We got, you guys join that crew over there. There we go. There we go. Hey, we need to, we need to somehow get across the aisles. If you need to let go of the end, you can, but you got to get across the aisles. You, you got as long as everybody's touching somebody. I want us to say this, we're better together. Here we go, on the count of three, one, two, three, we're better together. Do you believe it? God's designed us to be better together. Look at the power of us linked together here. Hand touching hand, I know some of you are squirming in your boots right now. I love it. Some of you who are guests, my apologies. We don't do this every Sunday. You can come back. You'll be fine. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you so much for what it is that you're going to be doing through this church body, this family of people. And Father, if there are guests here today and say, well, I don't even know if I'm a part of this. I just came to church today. Well, God, I just pray that they understand that this can be their family that they can find a place where they can be loved and they can be connected. God, everybody has a place here at this, this church, this family. God, for some of those who even now, in the, as we're holding hands, realize that, you know what, I can lead a group. I can, I can host a, a group. They would be willing for seven weeks to go and and say yes to those things, Father. Father, for everybody still in our hearts that we will have all the excuses of why it's not going to work for us. Oh, we've got sporting activities. I've got my busy life. I've got this. I've got that. But Father, let us realize that there's a blessing, Father, when we come together. That they would realize it's not a duty, but it's a blessing for not only each one who goes, but for, for the entire group. God, we're approaching on some exciting days. And we all want to be gathered together to, to receive what you would have for us, Father. God, we love this crew. We love this church. We love everybody that's here. Give us a heart to say yes to you, Lord, to live in Christian community, to see our Christian brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.